This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the latest episode of Fish Bites, the Miami Herald's Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson, and, well, the final countdown's here, everyone. We're in the final week of the season, and the Miami Marlins are still in the thick of this. It's going to probably come down to that last day, and we're down to the final week. One week, six games, essentially a three-team race for the final two wildcard spots, we enter the week, the Cubs and the Diamondbacks are tied for those two spots. The Marlins are just one game behind them. And theoretically, yes, the Cincinnati Reds are still in there, but two and a half games back. But you look at this grouping, six games to determine who goes to the playoffs. The Marlins have three games at the New York Mets, three games at the Pittsburgh Pirates to close out the season. The Chicago Cubs have three at Atlanta, three at Milwaukee. And the Arizona Diamondbacks have three against the White Sox and then three at home against the Houston Astros. So it really could be anyone's game for who gets those spots. For Miami specifically, they just need to have one more win than Chicago or Arizona down this final stretch. If they're tied with either of those two teams, they get it. So remember, Miami has the tiebreaker against both Arizona and Chicago. The Marlins went four and two against the Cubs and four and two against the Diamondbacks. First tiebreakers had the head record in the season series. Miami automatically advances past both of them. Should it become a three-way tie, all three between Miami, Arizona, and Chicago, all three end up being tied, Miami gets the priority in the pecking order because first tiebreaker for the multi-team ties is record amongst the three teams against each other. Miami went eight and four against Arizona and Chicago. Arizona went eight and five against the two of them, two and four against Miami, six and one against Chicago. Chicago went three and 10. So in this scenario, Miami will be the number two wild card. Arizona would be the number three. The Cubs would be knocked out. But you look at all that. You look at the schedule. You look at how how the teams are playing. Miami has to be feeling good about stuff. They obviously they dropped two of three against the Mets last to start last week and then turned it around took two of three against Milwaukee and that was pivotal because that Milwaukee series if Miami gets in as the number three wild card it's going to be who they face in that wild card round because number the final wild card faces the number three division champ which is going to be Milwaukee barring some sort of massive collapse over this final week and a massive run by the Cubs and Milwaukee threw all their horses. They Corbin Burns game one, uh, Brandon Woodruff game two, Freddie Peralta game three. Miami had no answers in game one. They got they lost that game sixteen to one. Uh, Burns they actually played pitch, played very well against him. He was out after five innings. They just couldn't get that big hit against him. The only run they got was a John Birdie home run, and at that point the game was completely over. They gave up twelve runs in the second inning, and the game was basically non competitive at that point. But then they turned it around. They won games two and three. They won five to four on Saturday. They won six to one on Sunday. And it's just 
the latest example of this Marlins team. They find ways to scratch, claw, get what they need to get against the teams that they're competing against. Again, they swept the Braves to start this homestand. They took two of three here against Milwaukee after losing three of four against them at American Family Field just a week and a half ago, a time where they only scored five runs over those four games. Uh, They split their series with the Dodgers. They won against both the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. They split with the Reds and Giants, both of whom were in the playoff race. They've sort of started to slide since then. And it's just showing that this team... When it's when things are going right, it's able to compete and they have to show that they can do that over this final week. And even though their their schedule compared to the Cubs and the Diamondbacks by record of opponent is easier. Marlins are going to do this without being at full strength. They're down two of their top pitchers. Uh, The big news from last week, Sandy Alcantara announced he's done for the year. He did a rehab start on Thursday to see if he can come back from that UCL sprain through four shutout innings, look dominant there, but he felt forearm tightness. So he's not risking it. The Marlins aren't risking it. So as much as he wants to be pitching and be part of this playoff push and be part of what this team is accomplishing, it's just not worth the long-term sacrifice to his career and to see what could potentially happen to him down the road if he tried to push through that. So Sandy is done for the year. Uh, Yuri Perez is also done. He has inflammation in the SI, in his SI joint, which is the joint that connects the pelvic bone to the spine. He started feeling it during the his start against Milwaukee uh, in Milwaukee two starts ago. Tried to pitch through it against the Mets his last time out. Only went three innings. His command wasn't there. And again, same with Sandy. Again, remember, Yuri's 20 years old. He's thrown over 120 innings this year. It's more than 50 innings, more than he's thrown in his professional career in a season. And the fact that he was able to provide as much as he provided this year was just something you have to tip your cap to and you have to commend him for because, remember, he came up a lot earlier than the Marlins expected him to come. They were, He was going to come up this year. But when Johnny Cueto got hurt early in the season, Trevor Rogers got hurt. They needed an arm, a quality arm to fill that rotation spot. And he filled it admirably, especially given the restrictions that were on him. They weren't going to let him throw more than 100 pitches in any start. He was rarely, if ever, going to get a chance to go beyond the sixth inning just because of where his pitch counts were going to be. And he did a great job. And now it's up to the Marlins' new set of workhorses, uh, Jesus Lazardo, Braxton Gary, and Edward Cabrera are going to have to carry this team. They're going to have to carry this rotation through this final week and through the playoffs. Uh, Lazardo's been admirable all year. 198 strikeouts, 31 starts, uh, mid-three ERA. Again, this is a guy who has only thrown, he threw 103rd innings last year. Missed a bunch of time with a forearm strain. He showed that he can pitch a full season, be healthy, and be effective, and be a top-line guy. And they're going to need him to essentially be their ace down the stretch. Braxton Garrett, who started the season as the Marlins' long reliever, has been arguably their most efficient starter all season. 29 starts. He makes start number 30 on Tuesday against to open the series against the Mets. The Marlins are 21-8 and eight in Braxton Garrett's 29 starts this year. He's Picked it up immensely down the stretch. I think it's 
over his seven of his last 10 starts, he's gone at least five or six innings and just that crafty lefty evolving, coming into his own and trusting his stuff, which is the most, the key thing for him. He's not going to blow you away with 96, 97, his fastball when he's hot is hitting 92, 93. His is just mixing and matching his pitches, using everything and doing what he can to, to get productive out. And he's, Finally, he's learned how to do that on a consistent basis this year. And Cabrera, he's the X factor because when he's on, when that changeup is getting swings and misses, when that curveball's on, that fastball that hits 97 is going, he's nearly unhittable. But command has eluded him so much this year. Again, he went down to AAA for a month to just work on his command and his confidence and to get back. His last two starts have been really good. It's now the Marlins need him to sustain that moving forward. Uh, and again, with this rotation going forward, Braxton Garrett starts Tuesday to be determined starter on Wednesday, Jesus Lazardo on Thursday. And then the Marlins have to figure things out for when they go into Pittsburgh over the weekend. They do have options in the bullpen when it comes to length. Uh, Johnny Cueto is in the bullpen now after, again, just underperforming. They're using him in multi-inning rolls out of the pen. Brian Hoeing has been a bulk guy, spot starter. You know you can get anywhere from three to four out of him, depending on when he's going in, going in and if he's pitched recently, but he can give you length. Emmanuel De Jesus is back with the club in New York. He'll be able to give multiple innings. And if the Marlins choose to do so, Ryan Weathers is still an option that could be called up for this final week as well and could be an option in the playoffs should they advance. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's going to be interesting to see how they monitor all of that. Because remember, the bullpen's been taxed too. So they need to figure they need to get some length, especially out of those three, Lazardo, Garrett, and Cabrera, to make sure they're not overtaxing their bullpen during this final stretch. And another thing to monitor on the offensive side, uh Luis Arias. Uh he missed a he missed three games uh this past week after twice injuring his left ankle on Tuesday. He was a late scratcher in the lineup after tripping on the ground ball while doing pregame fielding work. He missed Tuesday and Wednesday against Milwaukee, the two games that the Marlins won in that series. And then he missed the series finale. Or sorry, that was against the Mets. My apologies. He they won one of one of those two games. And then he slipped on the dug going into the dugout between the after the eighth inning when Tanner Scott's uh, when the intro when the Marlins. Uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, when the Marlins have their closer coming onto the mound, they do their light show. The lights go down. The crowd oozes and ahs. The pitcher runs out to the field and 
basically pitch black. Arise was going back to the dugout after lining out in the eighth inning, slipped on the final step, retwisted his ankle, didn't come back out for the ninth, didn't play on Sunday when the Marlins won their series finale against the Brewers. He's hoping to be okay for this final week, but there's nothing is guaranteed at this point. Again, twisting angle twice in the span of, what, four or five days? It's not ideal. It's not good. He was hobbling in the in the clubhouse on Sunday. Uh, there was a photo on Marlins social media when they were showing all of their rookies in their co- dress-up costumes for their trip to New York. Arise was seen in the background in a walking boot. Not sure if that was just being precautionary or what, but that is something that is going to be monitored in New York, in Pittsburgh, and Marlin, the Marlins hope in the playoff hunt. So we'll see where that stands. But if Arise isn't able to go look to John Birdie and Xavier Edwards to be the main two guys manning second base, uh, Gary Hampson probably gets a bulk of the run at shortstop if Birdie's not there. And yeah, that's where we'll see where things go from there on that point. And then one more quick thing before looking at the minor leagues to quickly wrap things up. Uh, Marlins, no matter what happens over these final six games, the Marlins enter the week 81 and 75. They're guaranteed to be at least 500 this year for the first time in a full in a full season that's excluding the 2020 COVID season in a full 162-game season since 2009. They won 46 games at home this year. Uh, just I believe it's just either the I believe it's just the seventh time they've had that many home wins and the first time since they moved to Lone Depot Park, Marlins Park, whatever you want to refer for, refer to it in 2012 with their most wins at home since moving there. Uh, so the Marlins had a dominant run at home. They have to be very clutch on the road, not just these final six games, but remember, the wild card series is a best of three series. All of it played at the top seed. So if the Marlins want any chance of playing at home again, they have to get to the NLDS. They have to get there so that they get at least the game three back on their home field. So that's where things stand in terms of home games. And to wrap up this episode, want to give a big shout out to the single A Jupiter Hammerheads. They won the Florida State League title uh, about a week ago. They took two games against the Clearwater Threshers, the Philadelphia Phillies, single A affiliate. And that Jupiter team that made the playoff run also won two games against the Palm Beach Cardinals, the St. Louis single A affiliate. It's filled with a lot of their guys from that 2023 draft class. Noble Meyer and Thomas White, their top two picks, both made, they made a combined of three starts. Noble Meyer started twice. Uh, Thomas White started once. Jacob Miller, who was their second round pick in 2022, made the other two starts in their five game run, playoff run. Uh, Kemp Alderman was really solid to play. He's the outfielder from Ole Miss. Uh, they had a few of their other guys. Uh, uh, Mark Coley, who was one of their late picks, had a really good showing out there. And it's good to see those guys getting into that playoff experience so early in Pro Bowl. Uh, Skip Schumacher talked about his runs in the minor leagues with the Cardinals, about just the importance of experiencing what postseason baseball is like before you get to the big league so that once you get up here, or once you get up there and you have to experience it, then it's not brand new. So for those guys to have that experience, and Double A Pensacola as well, they're competing for a second Southern League title. They won it all last year. They entered Tuesday down one nothing in the championship series to the Chattanooga Lookouts. Uh, they need to win 
both games Tuesday and Wednesday to repeat as champions. But those two teams, those two affiliates in particular, have shown have gotten that experience, that playoff experience, which will be beneficial for their players down the stretch. And we'll see what happens with them and what happens with this Marlins team. We've got one more week to go. And when we talk this time next week, we're either going to be previewing the wild card or recapping what's been a heck of a season in year one under Skip Schumacher, year three under GM Kim Ang, a lot of things that regardless of how it plays out, the Marlins should be proud of and excited about, but also they obviously this getting into the playoffs would obviously be very key for this group, especially with the way everything started. And they were 14 over 500, the break ran through two ran through a few rough patches, but have shown that they're able to compete. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of fish bites. Uh, We'll be back again next week and hopefully we'll be talking about a playoff series. So with that, thanks so much and we will see you next week.